Hello world, this is SpartaCast. Hello and welcome to SpartaCast, a series of conversations related to the social and psychological research on technology interaction effects lab. The Sparty Lab, S-P-A-R-T-I-E. I'm Dr. Robbie Rutan, your host and director of the lab. And I am excited today because we're going to think a little bit about podcasting. This isn't focused on the psychological and social effects of podcasting so much, though maybe I'll do a study on that one day. Um, but it's focused more on broadcasting and podcasting. We'll be interviewing Jeremy Whiting, the general manager of the student radio station here at Michigan State. Uh, it's Impact 89 FM. It's a very successful radio station, award-winning, and it's a funny radio station. They've got a broad array of programming in their uh, broadcasting, their regular radio, as well as podcasting. It's largely student-driven. I've got George, uh, who, if you're a listener, works for this podcast and then also has been a research assistant for me, uh, is also a, a, a DJ and um, he, so he has his own show and he's a manager over at Impact 89. So that's how we got connected on this topic. And I think it's great because the world of podcasting is expanding dramatically. So as communication scholars, media uh, scholars, it's, it's important to understand how this landscape is changing and not just for promoting our own research, but also as as actually a topic of research itself. So I'm, I'm excited about um, today's episode and I hope you enjoy it too. Here's our interview with Jeremy. Welcome Jeremy Whiting to the SpartyCast. Thank you so much for coming, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, thanks for having me. Absolutely, um, it's a great pleasure because as you know, I'm a novice podcaster and you are a seasoned veteran of audio-based uh, communication with with entertainment and education in mind. So um, can you tell us a bit about your background in, in the radio realm? Yeah, absolutely. So I was a student at Michigan State University uh, for my undergrad and grad work, um, where the major at the time was telecommunications. It's now media and information. And during that time, I was heavily involved at the radio station here uh, for students, uh, Impact 89 FM. I started off as a DJ. I worked uh, my way up to production director, program director, and eventually station manager. So I held many hats while I was here. And along the way, I was a teaching assistant under Professor Gary Reed uh, for his audio production class, uh, which was a, a great way of learning much more than just radio, but also music production and sound design for video and stuff like that. And uh, through that teaching, I eventually figured out that I kind of enjoyed the education aspect of it as well. So I went through the College of Education and picked up teaching certifications and journalism and social studies and uh, career tech. And after college, I taught at the high school level for a few years and I really loved it. Uh, but eventually, uh, Gary Reed, he, he left his position. He became the director of broadcasting for WKAR, also on campus. Uh, and Ed Glazer took over as general manager here at Impact 89 FM. But then he moved away to California and this position opened up and it was just one of those opportunities that I couldn't pass up. So my wife and I and our kids, we live in Lansing. So we knew it was a good fit to, to try to come back here. And I've been fortunate to be back for, I think, a little over three years now. And it's been just fantastic. Oh, great. Oh, so where did you move from? So uh, I'm originally from the Detroit area. I see. So Lake Orion. Michigan. 
Yes. Yep. So and, I've been in Michigan. So, and your brother is also at MSU, also in audio, also in media and information, which is my department as well. How did, how did that happen? Did you guys just grow up uh, doing a lot of music and stuff like that? Or? I, I, it's such a weird coincidence. Uh, and it has to be more than a coincidence, but we were both interested in the same sort of stuff. Uh, in terms of our family, uh, we didn't have an explicit music background. My brother did marching band and concert band and stuff like that. Uh, I just always enjoyed going to concerts. Uh, and there was also the journalism um, angle as well. Uh, our father was in um, journalism. He was the editor of a construction magazine. So that maybe steered us a little bit towards uh, the media and reporting side of things as well. And uh, I, I don't know why, but we were always heavily into computers and, and stuff like that. And so when we came to MSU, I knew that I wanted to go into something like this, into the broadcasting field of some sort. And uh, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised that my brother felt the same. And so we really had a, a similar path through. He's a couple years younger than me, but uh, we were able to be involved in the same program. We overlapped a lot doing our master's program, which was really nice. Yeah, yeah. And he must have students who are going through his studio, learning how to do audio production, and then they end up at Impact and, and they work with you and they're, they're broadcasting. Uh, so you maybe share stories about students? <laughs> well, no, nothing that would be damaging, I don't think. But he definitely gives me the heads up like, oh, yeah, this person, you know, they're coming over. They're great. You know, uh, you know, make sure you're able to involve them. Uh, and over the last few years, we've been able to really start thinking through how we can not exactly integrate, but more uh, find better opportunities uh, for Yes, exactly. To make sure that the uh, things that he's teaching in his classes have an authentic output somewhere. So it's not just, you know, in theory or being published to their friends and family, but it's actually something that could go on air and be broadcast and published and shared on the internet uh, to hopefully a wider audience. It matters. Sure, sure. That's great. So, um, so you're thinking about impact. <laughs> um, and I'm going to, sorry, play on that pun a little bit more. So, so you, you're the, the general manager means like you make the decisions, the business decisions, the programming decisions, pretty much. Uh, somewhat. It, it's it, the way the position is written. It is kind of gray. You know, who, who's the ultimate authority here? I, I view my role as the general manager slash advisor. Uh, we have a staff of anywhere between 50 to 60 paid student employees, and then about double that in volunteers every single year. So it's a fairly large organization and I'm the only one full time paid professional employee of the university. Sure. The and station. who do you report your budgets to? So we're funded through a student tax fee. Uh, so every student pays $3 a semester to fund our operations. And those students vote on that every three years. And we have oversight uh, by ASMSU and COGS, which are the student governing bodies of MSU and the Division of Student Affairs and Services. So no decisions we're making are done in a void. Uh, we also get inputs on our radio board from professional members. So from the commercial radio and non-commercial realms. Uh, so we're able to kind of chart out like not what is only good for the students right now, but what are some of the industry trends? Interesting, interesting. So you're not really accountable to the central administration. You're accountable to the student body. They're paying for Impact Radio and they kind of govern it through student governance. 
Yeah, in, in uh, it's kind of like half of that. Our license, though, for the radio station is held by the Board of Trustees, uh, okay. which was granted by the Federal Communications Commission. And of course, my salary, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, there's oversight by uh, Student Affairs and Services. So there's uh, a marriage there, you know. And so okay. my role is to, you know, make sure the lights stay on, you know, when we have disasters happen, you know, I take care of those. I manage, you know, the staff uh, and a lot of the infrastructure type things. But when it comes to content, Content, I strongly feel that that is the students. You know, they're sure. paying for it. They should make those decisions. So that's where my role shifts more to the advisor. You know, hey, I'd love to see this, but it, it, it's your call. You know, you figure out what the best trend is because my ideas are 15 or 20 years out of date compared to what's uh, new and relevant. So sure. it's really the strength is in the students making those decisions. That's great. Sounds like uh, your mission is to empower them and you're doing a great job of it. And then the reason we connected is actually through George who I interviewed on this podcast and sports this podcast a couple episodes ago. And, um, and he's, yeah, he's been so involved in so many things, but I think the, the radio experience for him has been one of his most formative experiences. Yeah. And, and George is a really good example of uh, something that I feel is a hidden secret of the impact. And we just happen to be doing radio and technology and stuff, but really the organization is such a great incubator for people who want to uh, further their leadership skills. And George is a great example of that. He came in, he had a wide range of interests. He was involved with telecasters and he's involved with business uh, things and research. And, you know, he could go in a million different directions, but he's really found that the area that he excels in amongst many is uh, leading an organization and organizing people and communicating. And so a lot of people come in and they don't expect that sort of experience, but if they take on any sort of leadership role at the station or become a director, uh, they're leaving here not only with some technical skills that will truthfully be out of date, you know, in five or 10 years, uh, but they're learning those communication skills and learning how to just deal with people in a real professional environment. And they're certainly still students. And so they stumble, but I encourage that, you know, now's yeah. a great time to mess up when the stakes are so low. And then they get out into the real world after college and they have experience that it might take them two or three years to gain in the real world when the stakes are much higher. I'd rather them get that experience now. Absolutely. <clears throat> that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so then one of the questions I wanted to talk with you about might not be the best uh, for you, it should be better for students maybe, is what's the relationship between radio and podcasting? Um, and of course, I'm sure you've got a great understanding of it, but, but your self-deprecating joke does hit true, right? Like these students are, they're in the thick of these uh, modern technologies of broadcasting. So yeah, uh, can you speak a little bit about Impact's strategy about the two and how the students come up with the programs? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that when they're coming in, students have uh, a total 180 perspective of what it was when I came in. Uh, when I came in, it was 2000, 2000, you know, when I started my college career and radio was big. So it was a big deal to be on the radio. And it was very exciting to know that you were being broadcast over the airwaves and 30 miles in each direction. And you can go in your car or your dorm room and turn on the radio and listen to someone that you know on the air. Uh, but now people come in and they are much more excited about hosting their own podcast or a YouTube series that they can share out on their social media. And then once we start talking about radio, then they get excited and they realize that, you know, you're not 
just, you know, microcasting, you know, you are broadcasting at that point. Um, so they're coming in with a different perspective. In terms of the actual content, though, there's so much overlap. You know, there are so many different types of podcasts you can do. And a lot of the types are ones that radio has been working on for years and years. And that's why you see a lot of the most successful podcasters or podcast uh, you know, platforms uh, are ones that uh, have excelled in radio already. iHeartMedia is a great example. They have been a leader in broadcasting for decades. Uh, they used to be Clear Channel, and now they have one of the strongest podcast networks out there. And that was very strategic on that part because they have that experience. They know in terms of the content, in terms of conversations and storytelling, what works for not just a broadcast audience, but a mass audience. You know, they know the hooks that are going to draw people in. And so I think there's a lot of natural overlap. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm, I'm so excited to speak with you. I'm trying to just get a little bit of that from through osmosis. Um, I, I have very little understanding of radio. I've played around um, in, in different types of media production, but, um, but I'm also a psychological researcher. The name of the lab is Party Labs, Social and Psychological Approaches to Research on Technology Interaction Effects. Effects. We often think about in our research how these things affect people. Um, and this, this episode at this point has not been so much on the labs topic, but I want to ask you a historical question and then, uh, and then tie it into the present. Where did the name impact come from? Well, uh, that's a great question. And I don't have like the silver bullet answer of, oh, someone, you know, thought this up and it was on the back of a napkin or something. Ah. I do know a bit about the process though. And the process was entirely student driven. So uh, the impact itself, the radio station, the impact 88.9 FM uh, traces back to 1989 when the license was first granted by the FCC and the actual, uh, concept of an FM station at MSU dates back probably almost a decade earlier. It took about that long for the license to make its way through the FCC. Um, but at that time, the students who were interested in radio, they got together and they were the ones who were able to kind of figure out the branding for the station, not only the name, but the logo, the treatment, stuff like that. Um, and I mentioned Professor Gary Reed. He was uh, kind of the one who brought it all together back then. And he became the de facto general manager because he just knew everything <laughs> that was going on with it. Um, so, you know, and that stuff, you know, as it should, it uh, evolves over time. It uh, changes a little bit, but we still kind of have, you know, uh, the same core type of logo. We have the same name. We have the same red and black and white color scheme. So a lot of those elements live on, but, um, you know. And what about the oh. mission of impact? Is, is impact 89 FM's mission to impact yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it comes down to staying relevant. Uh, when we launched, our mission was just three focus statements. It was professionalism and presentation, diversity and programming and education. And again, from those three elements, it's evolved over time. Uh, I'd have to actually look up what our mission statement is now because we just redid it this last summer. Is it on your um, website? Uh, it is not on our website yet. It's in our strategic planning uh, uh, PowerPoints that we uh, only have internally at the moment. But we went through with our whole staff and we said, hey, we want to make sure we're remaining relevant. So we thought every five years or so we should do strategic planning to make sure we're doing that. But you'd see, you know, in the, the goals and uh, the areas that they identified, it's very similar to that original mission statement. So they want to be pushing the envelope. They want to maintain relevancy for the sure. students now at the college. 
So um, one of the things I, I love college radio, by the way, I didn't give you this <laughs> history. Um, my first experience, I was an undergrad. I had a friend who had his own show. It was like, it was a, a midnight to 3 a.m. slot. And yeah. he was a rapper. We met because we actually were in a rap battle together um, yeah. and competed on there. And then we became friends. And so he invited me on his radio and I would get on there and freestyle rap with him. Um, and I thought, oh, wow, this is cool. Like you said, 30 miles in all directions. People would call in and tell us that we sucked and they were right. Uh, <laughs> but, but it was nice to actually like have people hear us. But um, I, I didn't listen to that radio station as much because I didn't drive as much. But when I'm driving around a campus, I love to find the college station. We moved to East Lansing in 2012 and I started listening really early. And the thing, I, I mean, there are many things I appreciate about it. I think the musical selection is great. I like from an early... Uh, early standpoint they had like diversity in programming programs from Asia or, or with Asian music you know um, not typical kind of country western stuff you might get uh, or a stereotype Michigan to have but what I love are the public service announcements they are so <laughs> funny they're creative the acting is actually really it's it's good it's professional level but it's local issues it's uh focusing on um, health campaigns. I'm sure there must be vaccine related ones. They're clever. Um, the writers, I mean, I have to say they're slightly better than what we put out in media and information uh, in some of the, the kind of student video productions, just in terms of kind of the humor that I've heard. Uh, no offense to anyone who's <laughs> listening, but, but tell me about like, how do these great public service announcements come to be? And and I, I imagine it, it's a manifestation of the impact uh, kind of mission, right? <laughs> First, Robbie, you, you ruined it because as you were talking, I was about to ping pong it back to your department and say, well, so much of that is is based on the great uh, tutelage they received at Media and Information. Well, um, maybe it's only the, the, the best of the best who finally are allowed to put their stuff up. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, that there, there's some truth to that because uh, we do open our doors to everyone. You know, you don't even have to be a ComArtSci, you know, student to get into the station. It's open to anyone. And uh, we do, though, have really good processes in place for uh, iterating on an idea, you know, making sure that there are multiple drafts. We employ uh, an audio production director and several assistants to lead a staff of people who come up with these ideas. And then they teach them and fill in the gaps of what they need to know in order to record the audio, come up with a script, um, edit it together and produce it so that it is not just fun for them and they're learning something, but also so that it's ready for a, a wide audience. So, so is uh, this kind of both. Um, is this something that many college radio stations have? So I don't think I've heard. Yeah, the, you know, uh, to various degrees, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to lie and say we're, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I want to say, I want to say this in a good way. We, we do a great, pretty good job. You know, we've been uh, named college radio station of the year by the Michigan association of broadcasters 17 times since the award started in 2000. And, a huge and is part of that related to the public service announcements? Do they mention that? Absolutely. That's one oh, that's of the great. categories. Yeah. So, and we always pick up a lot of awards for those because they, mm -hmm. they are really clever and they, what's are your favorite. Really is there one, uh, one or two you can think of, or at least um, one that comes to mind recent good one. <laughs> There, there's one from a few years ago, which um, is very relevant, I think, in our current status of the coronavirus. And it was pre 
all of that happening. It was a few years ahead of that, but this guy gets on an elevator and these PSAs are great because they tell a story and they kind of set the scene with the audio production and everything, the soundscape. And you can hear this guy getting in an elevator and there's a woman in there as well. And she says, Hey, uh, what floor? And he's like, Oh, you know, two or whatever. And uh, you know, then he starts like, you know, uh, sticking a finger in her eye and, and stuff like this. And, and she's like, Oh, gross. What are you doing? And he says, well, I don't know. You were sneezing and, you know, rubbing, your hands on the buttons and stuff. I just kind of thought you were into like weird, gross stuff like that. Um, I'm not doing this PSA justice, but that's the gist of it. And yeah, it was yeah. And it's all about germ sharing. I remember that one. That was great. That was really yeah. funny. Hey, what's that on the ground? I don't know, but I've been seeing a lot of humans using them recently. What have they been doing with them? Well, I've seen some covering their mouths and noses, some just covering their mouths, some with them around their necks and some just holding them. I've even seen some not having them at all. Huh, so what do you think they're used for? A necklace? Do we eat them? I don't know, I'm just a duck. Masks are for humans, not animals. Remember to wear them correctly, covering your mouth and nose, and when you need a new one, dispose of the old mask properly by making sure it makes it into the garbage can. Take the extra step if possible to cut the strings so animals can't get their necks caught in them. If you're able to, wear a properly fitting, reusable mask to limit extra waste. Let's keep each other safe during this time, as well as our environment. This message is brought to you by... 88.9 The Impact. So that's impact, right? Like that That literally is trying to, trying to influence your audience in positive ways, pro-social ways. Um, I, I know not just health messages, but messages about kind of consent in relationships. And I think um, some xenophobia, racism uh, related issues. So, so I think that's really cool um, that you guys do that. And there's this, there's this concept in academic publishing. We call it the impact factor. Have you heard of uh, scholars talk about this? No, I don't think I have. Um, it's somewhat debated because it's a metric that anyone can game uh, like, like anything. And, but, but it is still respected. So the impact factor of a journal, if you publish in a high impact factor journal, it's harder to get into and thus it suggests that your article is higher quality. Um, and so is there, is there such a thing for uh, radio or podcasts? Like, is there an impact factor? Um, or, or have you ever used that term in, in, at impact? Uh, not that term, but it sounds like you're uh, to some degree describing ratings. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and we're, we're kind of a weird outlier because we're a non-commercial radio station. So we don't get like the typical Nielsen ratings. Um, but I know that there is a path where we can kind of get a sense of what our listenership is in the market. We don't have that right now, but we are able to measure our website data, our, you know, social media engagement, our podcast downloads. Um, so we know that's, you know, that stuff is, uh, downloaded and viewed uh, by a lot of people in East Lansing and, uh, you know, on campus, which is really good. But then you'd be surprised. We also get listeners from around the world for some of our shows. Um, the first that comes to mind that's been super successful over the last couple of years is The Sci-Files. And that's a show hosted by a couple of grad students who are very active in science communication. And their goal is to talk to other graduate students who are performing research and make it accessible to a wider audience. So you're hearing some really deep, deep and very specific topics, but they're 
told in a way that makes it understandable to anyone. So it's one of my favorite shows to listen to because it just gives you like a good overview snapshot of, you know, basically like an abstract of, you know, what they're working on, uh, but in a way that uh, really shows why it's relevant. And we get listeners to that from all over the world because that research, um, you know, researchers come to MSU from all over the world. So they're listening, you know, their families are listening to it. Plus people who are interested in that research, which goes on around the world. So that's been pretty cool to see. That's great. And um, I think that's a great note to kind of wrap up our conversation on here, because if, if my goal is to get impact in, in this podcast, the Sparty cast, um, I think I can take, take a lesson from that and really try to tell these stories that give insights into what the complex things people are doing, including in this, this one's a bit recursive, right? It's the complex issue of broadcasting and podcasting. Um, but then there's also the, the research that we do in the field on social and psychological uh, research about technology. And so, yeah, Jeremy, this has been so great. Thank you so much. Yeah, do you have any uh, last minute advice you didn't mention when we had our previous meeting uh, about how to, to build a, a strong podcast? Yeah, well, it's been my pleasure, Robbie. First off, for the students who may be listening, I need to plug our station. So if you're interested at all in anything that uh, you might uh, find at the impact, whether it's traditional audio stuff or video or graphics or leadership or marketing, uh, check us out. Uh, we're open to everyone. Anyone can get involved. Uh, all the information's online at impact89fm.org. And in terms of hosting a successful podcast, uh, my best advice is just to try it and to talk about something you're passionate about and hopefully something you know a little bit about bit about. And even if you start small and you're just, you know, in your group of friends, uh, if you have that passion, if you're consistent and you build on your skills, uh, you're going to find something worthwhile for yourself and hopefully for an audience as well. Wonderful, Jeremy. I think that's great advice, uh, not just for me, but also for students and listeners who might consider going into podcasting themselves. Thanks for listening to the interview with Jeremy Whiting. You can check out a video of this episode on our website, spartylab.com, artsci.msu.edu, or you can just Google Sparty Lab, S-P-A-R-T-I-E Lab. Um, we also have a link at bit.ly uh, for Sparty Lab Posts, that's bit.ly slash Sparty Lab Posts. On whatever channel you listen or watch, please like, please subscribe, please send me feedback at sparty at msu.edu, S-P-A-R-T-I-E. And uh, I think I've said that five times. If you don't know, spell it differently by now. Uh, I don't know. Um, and tweet me at R-A-R-A-T-A-N. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into SpartyCast. Goodbye, world.